0: Training. Mindset. Integrity. Incremental improvement. What can you do better
1: today? Start right here with the Pandola Project. Hey, I'm Matt Pandola with the Pandola Project, your process to success.
0: That's right, and I am Jake Parker. This is episode 35. Matt, we're here because tis the season for New Year's resolutions, Matt. And are they good? Are they bad? Well, the answer is yes. Yes. They can be good, they can be bad, I guess is what we're saying, right? That's exactly right. They can be. It's all about how you implement them and are they real?
1: And I, well, I'm i going to start this off with a quote, and the quote is, If you're not defined with a vision of the future, you're left with the memories of the past.
0: Great one. I love that. And not to say that you have to set a New Year's resolution. I'll be honest, I really don't. But that being said, I take this time of year to take stock of the previous year
1: and to set some flexible goals for the next year. Yeah, I'm not big into resolutions either. But I do think, hey, it's 2020. There's some things I do want to accomplish. So let's recognize what those things might be. And let's take a reflection. What did we accomplish in 2019? So that's what the quote is about is let's not live in the past, but let's recognize what we were doing well, what we need to improve upon. And maybe I have to make some changes in my schedule or in my habits even in order to accomplish some new things and what's going to be not only achievable, realistic, but also something that is going to actually benefit or improve not only my life, but the lives of those around me that I care about. Incremental improvement is a
0: theme of this podcast, and that's what we're all about, Matt. So if you are going to create one for yourself, Matt Pandola, what would it be this year?
1: This year, my main goal is to expand the brand when it comes to Pandola Projects. So, hey those of you listening out there. You're a part of that journey. And if you can share our podcast, that would be fantastic. That really would help to serve my main goal for this year.
0: Which is basically to serve you and those around you. So yeah, tell a friend when you're in a conversation at your New Year's Eve party and you're trying to talk about your health and fitness goals, maybe drop us a mention. Maybe you know someone who would benefit from listening to us like you have as well. My goal, Matt, is very similar. It's career Oriented. I also want to expand this brand and this podcast, and then I want to get into some new fields, some new career paths that I have never tried before. I think I've been in my other career for about seven years now, and I think it's time for me to look to new horizons. So with no specific date in mind, my goal for 2020 is to set myself up, build up my resume that I will be able to transition to a new field
1: yeah, we're always trying to transition to learn to grow and and we want to constantly motivate ourselves in the right direction is very unique path for all of us. But we talk about later in this podcast about how there are many paths that lead to mediocrity. And we have to be careful of that, that we stay on the right path to motivate us, to inspire us, and that serves our why. So finding out what it is that is in front of us and what we need to do to take that next step to get there, to get to the top, that's the journey and that's the process. And we should enjoy that, but also we should be challenged in that. And without challenge, we tend to get stagnant and we just lose that motivation. So let's keep ourselves challenged in the right ways challenged enough, but not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed right in the middle or right at what we call 90%. So you'll hear about that in this podcast today, why 90% might be better to shoot for than 100%. Point is, you never want to be stagnant. And I know that my
0: best self lies in my future. I hope yours does as well. Enjoy this one. Episode 35, New Year's Resolutions. Yeah, we're back. This is the Pandola Project. Matt Pandola, Merry Christmas. Obviously, for you listening, we don't really record this on Christmas. This is like the couple days before. But Matt, how is your holiday going? Are you
1: going to get any time with your family? Merry Christmas. Thanks, man. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I do get some time with my family, of course. I just love watching my daughter get up in the morning and open up her presents. That's the best part for a parent ever. I'm not there yet, but I know the holiday
0: season is powerful and I I appreciate every one of our listeners and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, however you like to say it. Enjoy this time with your family or your friends or yourself or whatever your situation may be.
1: Yeah, we're just hoping that our tree doesn't get attacked by our cat. We have a new kitty and he's really adventurous and he likes to climb and attack all the ornaments and so our tree only has ornaments halfway up it. Are you gonna like bolt it down to the floor? Oh, the the tree is actually bungee to the side of our staircase, so you can't take the tree down. Yeah,
0: good call. <laughs> Mine's free floating right now, and the cat is getting curious.
1: Yeah, man, but you gotta have good resolutions for the new year and that's what we're really talking about today right Jake? Tis the season Matt it's time for new year's resolutions every holiday party I've
0: been to so far at least one person has asked me so what's your resolution for the new year and I don't mean to make that sound dumb I'm not trying to make fun of it but it's not really something that I participate in the way that I feel people are expecting me to they're expecting me to you know spout off all this wisdom about oh and in 2020 I will succeed in all of these ways and
1: that's not really how I do it. Because January 1st rolls around and you're a brand new person, you get a new start.
0: Yeah, it's practically magic. And as soon as midnight strikes on
1: January 1st, then yeah, it's a whole new year and a whole new you. Yeah, you were saying before we started this that you like to take stock of the previous year, Jake. I do.
0: And I, I do value January 1st in that sense. Like, all right, that that is a milestone. You know, it's just a calendar date, but it is an opportunity to stop. Pause and reflect. And so I use it for that. What I mean by I don't really do resolutions is I don't expect myself to change all of these things on
1: January 1st. It takes a while to create helpful habits. Sometimes we have some hurtful habits and we need to reestablish better, helpful habits to be able to move forward. So we do want to have a nice start to our new year. And that's understandable. But let's just have more micro goals, more of that steady progress where we can achieve a little bit more each day by checking those boxes off like we talked about in Monday Motivation, right?
0: Yeah, in our last episode, go check that out. That's all about how not to do resolutions. This one's going to be more of a how to succeed with your resolutions because I feel, Matt, that so many people just set themselves up for failure having good intentions. It's not like they're sabotaging themselves intentionally, but when you have these lofty goals or maybe they're loosely defined, you're really going to have a hard time actually seeing those through.
1: Let's say, Jake, it's January 1st. You're going out to do a 5K run. All right. What is the best way for you to get towards that 5K run? What's the best approach to that, do you think?
0: Well, not sign up for it haphazardly. First of all,
1: don't do that on a whim. Make sure you're planning that out. But at least hey at least you you signed up for a 5k and not for a marathon because that's another big mistake that I see a lot of times that uh, because the marathon is coveted and this man, this is a long ways to go and it's it's sort of the the race where you can really test yourself and put yourself through it and really feel that sense of accomplishment because you finished twenty six point two, or at least that's the idea of it, but Really, is it realistic if you haven't even done a 5K yet?
0: Yeah, well, you won't catch me making that mistake, Matt. I'm not signing up for any marathons, but I would absolutely have to plan that out, not make a spur-of-the-moment decision, and if I was going to do a 5K, I would be thinking about that for at least a couple months ahead of time. There is nothing magical about January 1st. All of a sudden, I can run a marathon.
1: So, Jake, you're going to start 5K training. First of all, if you're listening to this podcast a week before New Year's, I'd encourage you to start this tomorrow, just for the sake that it's not on January 1st and you haven't put all of this weight onto January 1st. Maybe you don't feel well January 1st. Yeah, it could be a really bad day. Who knows? Yeah, it could. maybe you're out celebrating the New Year's the night before. Now you slept in and you already feel like you failed before you started. We're off to a
0: great start, Matt.
1: (laughs) So maybe you should start it today. But you're going out, maybe running three minutes and then walking two and you're repeating that for 15 minutes that doesn't sound like a lot but it's maybe perfect for where you're at right now and it's getting you moving in the right direction and that's what's important other people they might have a little bit more readiness to start with say a half an hour of running continuous it just depends but how am I going to set up my first few weeks for this training? That should be priority one. So I have a good plan and it's realistic based off of what I've been doing. So really take a chance to reevaluate your last year and set your goals for this upcoming year, being more aware of the outcome that you want. So this is Again, where camaraderie with other people can be a good thing. It could be something as simple as joining a running club so you have other runners that you have accountability with. Or it can be something like
0: joining a gym and going to certain numbers of group fitness classes because there are going to be other like-minded people there.
1: Yep, Or somebody who's maybe going to have a similar goal to you that you meet at 5 in the morning before you take off for work and you hold each other accountable with that. Maybe you're both going to have some specific goals that you can help each other with and that works out. Or it can be something completely unrelated to groups or fitness. It can be reading a book every month and that can be just for you, something that's solitary. Yeah, those are great examples of some ways that you do want to do these. There is
0: a downside to the way that most people do resolutions, though, Matt, at least the commons that we hear all the time, especially working in the fitness industry. We hear these a lot, and most of them don't really work out. So can you tell me like, uh, what are some of the common cons or the negatives
1: to these resolutions? The problem is that we rarely see these resolutions come into fruition, in part because they're just so overwhelming from the very start and we don't even realize we're doing it. We think that we're doing something that's helpful for us or giving us some motivation, but really it's almost like, man, there's just too much wood we're throwing onto that fire and we're just putting that fire out by overwhelming and sucking out all of the energy with these huge goals that we have.
0: Yeah, or the goal is so lofty that you kind of forget to mentally map out the road to it. You only see the end, the destination. destination, the final result, and you don't realize that it's probably going to take a year's worth of work
1: to get you to that goal? This is an important thing to acknowledge. Does the goal that we have, does it fit our current lifestyle and our current schedule, for example? Because sometimes it's just not going to fit. No matter how bad we want to be able to do this thing, maybe it's not that we are never going to do it, but we have to decide that it's going to happen further in the future. For example, for me, I would like to at some point go to Hawaii and do the Ironman. Oh, great goal but that's not going to happen right now. I don't have the time to put in, especially on the bike. I mean just a lot of time that I would need to spend cycling and I don't have that kind of time right now. And I just had this conversation the other day with somebody who said, "Hey, you know why don't you do a half an Ironman with me, a half Ironman 70.3?" I said, "Well, I'd love to, but I just cannot put that kind of time on the bike." And so that's going to have to be in the future for me, something that I will do. But when my schedule is appropriate for it.
0: Yeah, because otherwise you're just setting yourself up for failure, and it sounds great when it's December 31st and you're thinking of these
1: things. Oh, I'm going to do an Ironman this year, but okay, how? Another thing you want to ask yourself is why – did my last resolution or my last goal fall through if we didn't accomplish these things we wanted to do? Why did it fall through? What was it that stopped me? Because sometimes that can be attainable by planning better. But sometimes again, it's just not going to fit in with what we have going on now. If you have to break so many habits in
0: order to make way for this new habit or this path to a new goal, each one of those habits that you have to break is going to be difficult by itself. But if you're setting up this really lofty goal, you're going to have tons of these tiny little things that are just going to pile up and eventually you're just going to be overwhelmed.
1: I talk a lot in running terms, but I think about the marathon. It's such an easy thing to be able to relate to. Oh, I thought you were gonna say an easy thing to run. Yeah, no, it's not. definitely not (laughs) easy to run at all. But when we have a goal like that in mind, it sounds like such an accomplishment to be able to say I did a marathon, or a lot of people think that this is the sort of the pinnacle of endurance running goals. And really what you want to ask yourself is, does this fit me and my needs and what I want to achieve? So, for example, if you have somebody who really wants to be able to put on some muscle, but they're now going to run a marathon because it sounds like the pinnacle of their achievement for their goals it's not going to necessarily fit what they want to accomplish because they're going to have to run a lot more miles which means that they probably aren't going to be able to get as strong so which One is in the top of your list. Do you want to get stronger or do you want to increase your endurance capacity? What do you want out of this goal? A lot of people are better served by going after, say, a 5K or a 10K. You don't have to do as much running. You can get stronger at the same time. More realistically, you're going to be able to achieve better strength and run a great 5 or 10K, for example. So these are things that are very attainable for somebody, but the marathon isn't necessarily going to be the best choice for that particular person, whereas another person might absolutely find the marathon to be just the right goal for them. Most likely, though, they had stepping stones to that marathon, and now they know what they're getting into, and they know they have the time to train for it. Because I tell you what, Jake, training for a marathon, man, you're giving up a lot more time on your weekends to get those long runs in.
0: Yeah, I believe it, man. I've seen the way you do it. And it would be like me saying, okay, this year I want to do better in business, so I'm going to become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. (laughs) You know? Like, okay, okay. Great goal, Jake. Let's go with something a
1: little more realistic, though. And everybody's going to have their own ideas of what is quote unquote successful. So if I'm going to go after something that's more about my business, for example, and I want to have more accomplishment there, then I have to realize that I'm probably going to give up some time on my weekends. So I definitely have in this next quarter i have some big business plans some growth that i want to be able to achieve with Pendola project which means that i'm not going to be able to train for a marathon for example at the same time and i can tell you that I'm really relieved after my running programs finished up for this past year and my marathon training is over that I don't have to get out there and do a long run this Sunday. I can choose to do a run if I want to, but if I prioritize my Pendola project work more so on that day, I can choose to do that. So I don't have any set plans for these next three weeks or so fitness wise, it's all planned out that it's not planned. Perfect. I love that plan. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get it because you're planning to learn, right? You're planning to figure it out. What I'm planning on here, Jake, is that I'm going to feel like my priorities are switched up a little bit more towards my business, but still give myself the opportunity to go after some health and fitness goals. Maybe just not as time consuming as my last one was okay so another question that I have is
0: what about when you tell other people about your resolution what if they don't like it because this is a con that I think I've experienced I'm sure you have too. whenever you change something or you do something good for yourself chances are it's going to disappoint somebody because you can't please everybody so you know you're you're running buddies if you aren't going to be able to make it to every training session or you're not going to have the same goals as the group anymore that That's
1: going to upset some people, right? Yeah, I guess guess that is true. Some people can get upset when your goals have changed. That's a good point. Not all of my buddies are going to be happy about the fact that I'm not going after a marathon goal again, I guess is what you're saying. Exactly. So yeah, Jake, that's a great question because I think that we do have to be prepared sometimes for the naysayers or people who are just even disappointed that we were showing up to Sunday runs, for example, and now they're continuing with those Sunday runs, but you're not because you're doing something different and you're prioritizing something different. So just being ready to have that conversation with people ahead of time and, and saying, hey, this is now what I'm focused on doing and this is why I think that once you explain your why to people they'll be supportive. And if they're not supportive, then find people who are. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Sounds like you need some new friends. Yeah. And I will give an example here. Sometimes when you have a goal that you're really excited about, you may find that people are not supportive once you get there and you have to know whether or not it's serving you and whether or not it's important enough to you. And believe it or not, Jake, there are times when I've seen clients of mine that have achieved great levels of success. They look amazing, they feel amazing, they're accomplishing great things, and yet their spouses, for example, are not happy about it. Oh, that's terrible, man. It can happen. I've I've seen it. I've been amazed at some of the progress that's been made by some of my clients. I had a lady one time that lost over 40 pounds, for example, but her husband actually started getting pretty insecure about it. I was going to say, that sounds like a personal problem for him. And it's like, well, that's who you're married to. And she did not want to Get divorced. So good for her. Right. So she ended up switching up some of her goals. And whether I agree with that or not, it's irrelevant. It's it's what she wanted. And so that was just something kind of be aware of is man, maybe sometimes by achieving these goals, it's going to actually make things a little bit more difficult or it can bring strain in other areas of my life. And I need to kind of think about that and whether or not it's going to be worth it. I've had one of my other clients was a really, really tough case in the sense that her hamstring was constantly an issue when she was trying to run and she was trying to get to these higher levels of success through her running, but the hamstring held her back. Well, eventually we figured it out. We got the hamstring healthy. She was running really, really well. She had some really good times, some PRs, some great accomplishments. But again, you know, this is where that time commitment was more than her spouse was ready for, I think. He missed her. He missed her. Then it was also just, I think his own goals were kind of in question maybe. And so that created a stress. And then, of course, sometimes it's more innocent. And and this is one that uh, was a good learning lesson for me, Jake. I had a client of mine that... Again, lost a good, I I can't remember exactly, but we're going to say over 20 pounds of fat. Okay. So she got really lean. And this was not, in my mind, sabotaged by any means. Her husband was so proud of her. In fact, I remember that he was tearing up when we were talking about her results and how proud of her he was. But he was also... Uh, cook. And he loved to bake. He also loved just cooking dinner, making new foods, new... You know, he was constantly looking at what kind of presentation he could even make right at the dinner table. He It was like an art form to him.
0: And I bet you're talking about
1: foods that she could no longer eat all the time. Right. right. And I didn't really, at the time, I didn't think about how much it was going to affect their relationship. And... Over time, we came to realize that the compromise had to be there. And in that case, especially, I think that it was the right compromise. She ended up saying, okay, I'm going to eat some of these foods more often, even though I know that – I got leaner by eating less of these foods because he, of course, cooked with a lot of butter and mm-hmm. and and more sugar, for example, more flours, things like this in the things he would bake. And this is all though part of a passion of his though. And so she ended up gaining not an unhealthy amount of weight back, but she gained some weight back and she was compromising there to an extent so that he would be happier and she would be able to enjoy his food still. And I feel like that kind of compromise was okay, especially because she felt good about it. And she would rather, she told me, she said it was just a few more pounds, but I'd rather gain a few pounds back and be healthy. Clearly she was still very healthy at the weight that she was at, but now she was able to enjoy his foods more. So this is in a case where sometimes our resolutions or our goals, can be a very good thing, but can lead into other issues that we need to be ready for and prepared to deal with and make decisions on.
0: Yeah, man, change is hard. And I mean, I'm that last one ended with a happy ending. I'm glad to hear that it worked out. And it sounded like that compromise was coming from a place of kindness. It wasn't like a sabotage like some of the others. So Matt, how is a new year's resolution any different
1: from a regular goal set at any other time in the year? Yeah. So for me, it really shouldn't be. I have some resolutions throughout the year. And I know you did too, Jake. Yes. We got on the podcast and we talked about, for example, me, I wanted to be on time more often. Right, Right. And I'm trying to make some more money and you're trying to make some more money. So, you know, focusing on those things throughout the year is really the most important thing we can do is constantly refocusing, reestablishing goals and not just waiting for January 1st before I'm going to start my life again. Yeah,
0: right? I think that's the point because we've talked about goal setting on this podcast before. Obviously, that's a huge part of what we're about and it's an important part in any successful person's life. The difference is thinking that somehow This is going to be different.
1: Yeah. After doing, for example, my training programs revolved this year around my peak or pinnacle race being North Face in the end of the year in November. So I just happen to have now the end of my year is more about a recuperation period. And once I recuperate, which just happens to be at the end of the year, then in January, I'm going to start up with some new goals for Spartan Racing. And that's fine. Like that happened to fall into this, Resolution period, right? By chance. By chance. Right. Exactly. But again, I'm going to reiterate that I'm not waiting until January 1st to start working, for example, on my grip strength. So I'm working on that right now. I'm not waiting until the first of the year. I'm just doing some very elementary stuff, grabbing towels, for example, and using towels for pull-ups instead of doing pull-ups how I'm used to doing them which is going to help my grip out. And uh, that's something that I can start with now so that by the time January rolls around and I'm doing more of the specific training for Spartan, I've already started to accumulate better grip strength, especially when we talk about enduring that grip over time. And I think that's a big key difference in how you're doing your goals
0: and the difference between most people's new year's resolutions. Cause we've both worked in, you know, the big box gyms before and early January, man, that's busy season. And it only lasts for two weeks because everybody signs up, gets their new membership, thinks everything's going to change so quickly within a month. Most of those people are, are either rarely coming or never coming if they even went at all.
1: Yeah, gyms would go completely out of business if people who signed up in January actually went all year they would just be overcrowded the equipment would be used up constantly they'd have to replace equipment or get bigger facilities and it wouldn't be very profitable for them they're counting on you to fail I hate to say it but that's part of their whole business model is people who sign up and never
0: come because you're just paying that membership every month that bill comes in and you're like oh well I'll just keep it one more month and I'll just I'll try and get in a couple more times this month And I commend you for your efforts, but it's probably not going to work out in your favor. So can we talk about how we actually set a goal
1: that would work? What kind of goal works for you won't necessarily work for somebody else. And what worked for you in the past will not necessarily work now. What does that really mean? Well, we have to start with the why. So focusing on what it is that's important to you and why is it important to you? The obvious answer here would be, let's take somebody who is 40 pounds overweight and they want to be able to see their kids have grandkids one day. That is an incentive, that's a strong why. So a lot of times we have to attach our goals to things that are truly intrinsic to us and help to motivate us internally for the long-term success, we can stay focused because every time, for example, we see our kid, we are reminded of why that goal is important. And so what I'm getting at here is that when you create goals for yourself, it should be something that you can check in with yourself and remind yourself on a daily basis, this is important. And it's okay if that changes. I'm not saying that guy
0: doesn't all of a sudden want to see his grandchildren, but if you have a different kind of a goal, maybe it's a a race that you want to hit, maybe your goal changes. Maybe you want to do a shorter one or a longer one. That's okay. The point is... Make it relative to whatever you really want, and it is
1: okay if that changes. Jake, give me an example, though. What kind of a goal were you proud of that you were able to achieve in 2019?
0: Okay, so mine didn't have a specific metric that I could measure it on except for how I felt, so it's more of a subjective measurement, but uh, I wanted to have more positive thoughts and so that was a goal that I started a little bit before 2019, probably in like October of 2018. I started taking check of when I would have these automatic negative thoughts and I just had to, you know, all right, take stock of that, acknowledge it. Then a few months go by. Now we're in like January, February. Now I can start to like replace those negative thoughts with more positive ones. That was something that I worked on throughout the year. And I'm, I'm proud to say that I think I've made quite an improvement on it. My, my thoughts are not like Pollyanna positive, you know, I'm not unrealistically happy all the time, but
1: I'm not beating myself up with negativity all the time like I used to be. Sure. So how did you accomplish that, though? What I'm getting at is we want to think about what we've done successfully in the past, and we want to be able to reproduce that. Right, which is why,
0: for me, journaling was a huge help, because it forces me to really sit down and have a conversation with myself, which is the first step. It's different when you actually think about things that you have to write down versus just talking to yourself in your head. But then that also gives you a progress tracker, right? Something you can go back on and look at and say, I've made this much improvement. Or
1: even if you're just looking back and noticing patterns, like, man, I was really negative back then. Right. So expressing your confidence more in the future without allowing your mind to worry about it, that's going to come a lot of times from past accomplishments. You know that you are able to do these things. And then there's also that higher level of performance that you want to be able to achieve. These things come... A lot of times by just, you already mentioned journaling, creating a plan, giving yourself a chance for that process to success to occur without getting overwhelmed, without getting lost in mediocrity, because there's so many paths to mediocrity, but there's only one real path to high performance, right, Jake? I think that's key, man. And if you have those little habits set up, they're there to
0: help you. And they will help you achieve these loftier goals. And so that goal that I had for 2019, that took me all year, man. And it's still going, you know, 2019, as we're recording, this is about to end and I'm still ongoing with it. But my goal, it wasn't as if I had some end point that I was going to reach and, oh, I've reached, you know, I'm a Buddha now and
1: I never have negative thoughts. That's not the goal. The goal is improvement. And what you focus on is what you feel. We've talked about this a lot in the podcast too, but it's, it's true and it works. Play a movie in your mind, for example, about what it is that you want to accomplish and you want to visualize these things constantly and reestablish in your mind almost like these things have already happened because the more you visualize success, the more likely you're going to realize success. You give yourself way more of a fighting chance when that's what you have
0: in your arsenal is your mind working positively for you. I had the problem of really like sabotaging myself with my thoughts as I would like just
1: critique little things. Even when I was doing well, I would say, well, you could have done better. So celebrate what is right as well. And that's a great point that you brought up there too, Jake. Because again, I love how you're being vulnerable and talking about how you have these self-doubts and how you can sabotage yourself. Most of us do. We tend to be hypercritical and we need to be a little bit more accepting and also just celebrate, celebrate what is going right. There's usually at least a few things in your day that did go really well, but we're just focused so much on what didn't go well. Yeah, guilty. Guilty. That's what we think about. And I, I do. I, I'm i the same way sometimes. I've got to really remind myself, man, Pandola, you've got it good. I mean, you've got the best life. You're just so lucky to have the life that you do. And, I, I, again, I know I work for it, but that's the whole point is I think that I get so stuck on this is something I need to work more at or I need to do better. I need to be better. I can be better. I am this is part of my process, right? I am this, but this is not always healthy because we're so stuck in anxiety mode now where it's always stressful and it's always about what I could be doing or what I shoulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? It's the whole, don't think about Batman with a pink cape. But you do. And I want to be able to give credit to myself at times when I am feeling down or I'm feeling unmotivated. It sounds like, okay, I'm going to give myself a pep talk here, right? I'm going to give myself a booster, right? But this is real and it needs to happen. You need to have some good visualization in your mind about things that You are celebrating that's going right. And these are things that should be as regular in your routine as anything else.
0: More so than the negatives, I would say. Whenever I have a critique for myself, as long as it's a legitimate one, I'll always accompany it with something positive because otherwise I have that tendency, like you were just describing, to continue down somewhere negative and just beat up on yourself I'm in a place now where I've learned to acknowledge my flaws, but I will also celebrate the things that I do well. And so whenever I have a negative critique for myself, always go, okay, I could have done that better, but it's still pretty good.
1: And Jake, set the reset button. Whether or not you have accomplished something or not, focus now. Focus on what you can do now. So if you're going to have two or three setbacks in a three week or three month period, so what? Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to reset, refocus, redo. Most of the time, it's not fatal. Whatever you're doing can be fixed. Whatever you're doing can be flawed. Whatever you're doing can be improved. Or if you are improving, but you're not acknowledging that improvement, that in itself can be a big setback. So reset, reset, reset constantly playing that movie in your mind and visualizing and putting into your visualization process. What is it that you want accomplished? And before you know it, this is reality to you.
0: And that's another reason, Matt, that I'm not a big fan of the January 1st New Year's resolution is because I'm doing these reevaluations all the time. And that's not to say that I'm flaking on my goals and like, oh, well, I see this isn't working out. Better change it. No, that's not my point. My point is that I'm evolving. And January 1st, Jake, is not the same as June 30th, Jake.
1: June 30th, Jake, is going to be a bit more in the future, too, than January 1st, Jake. And my point to that is that how do we know exactly and specifically what June 1st, Jake, is really going to be like? Right. You have no idea. You're better off, I think, being just a incrementally better version of you January 2nd than you are January 1st. And that small improvement is really what you're looking for. And so that's what I think gives most of the result is that micro setting, that daily improvement that leads to huge results over time and doesn't get us so overwhelmed in trying to be something in the future let's just be who we are now and try to improve upon that
0: right small steps small bite-sized steps and speaking of bite sizes uh like if your goal is to stop eating garbage food january 1st is going to be a pretty rough day if you just cold turkey stop eating all of this bad food and so it's a lot easier on yourself if you have one less item off of the dollar menu or maybe you go through the drive through one less time today and then you improve from there. All of a sudden, those snowball in a positive direction and now you have accomplished this much grander goal. But it wasn't like, okay, I have to stop because uh, it's midnight
1: and now it's January 1st. Yeah, and t- talking about press the reset button – What about having some off time or some goals that are specifically designed to give us a chance to reset without burning out? So I just told you about December for me, it happens to be the time period where I'm going to Reposition myself for my next set of goals. So, this is downtime for me more than anything else. And this is recovery time. If I'm going to do anything, it's because I want to do it and I'm itching to do it. But there's no real structure this month. And that allows me a little bit of a revamp, if you will, so that I am fire in my belly, right? I am ready to get after that next goal and I don't want to burn out. So that's going to help a lot with that process. I know a lot of athletes that just go from one goal right to the next, right to the next, right to the next. And their burnout rate is huge.
0: Yeah, and that's what we're
1: told to do, though, is you
0: always have to be achieving something that is your absolute maximum, always on the grind, and you can never let up. But, Matt, I know that's not the way that you've always done things, and you've got great accomplishments under your belt, man. You just won North Face, and you got first in your division, and you aren't on the grind all the time, despite what people
1: may think when they see you. Work plus rest equals success. And we actually have that on our floor in our gym. I have so much faith in that philosophy. When I go to compete, I know that I'm ready. I know I've done enough work but I also have a lot of fire in my belly if I've done it right. And I think that what happens a lot of times, people who are afraid to take any rest, they're constantly going after that next goal. They don't even want to feel like they're getting out of shape, right? And they're not as fit. And so because of that, there's just this constant grind. And if they're not dealing with injuries, just I think – just burn out.
0: Yeah. I think people get afraid of falling off the wagon
1: completely. It's like the alcoholic who has one sip of alcohol and it's like, ah, it's over. Yeah. And so when I'm taking this time in December to just kind of, you know, recycle and revamp and get myself going again, this is for me a good time to enjoy some of the extra time that I have, but also I'm purposely just kind of eating what I want more often too, to be quite honest with you. So my daughter, she's kind of outed me uh, the other night because um, one of the parents just assuming that I never have like anything bad or she said, yeah, you probably don't eat any sugar at all. And then my Daughter said, "Are you kidding me? He ate the entire refrigerator." You know, <laughs> this is this is this is her concept of. I took everything out of the refrigerator the other night that was edible and pretty much ate it. Yeah, I remember that story. You ate everything, man. You had a whole block of cheese. You told me I did, <laughs> and uh, but she's outing me, especially on the sugar. She's not used to seeing me eat a whole piece of apple pie and and also having a few other things maybe in the fridge. And um, so she's outing me and I'm laughing because I'm saying, you know, look, baby girl, uh, when daddy's trying to get ready for an event like my marathon, then I had to be very strict about certain rituals that I had in certain things. And now I'm giving myself a little bit of a break and I'm enjoying some of the things that I couldn't have as much of before. And so that's a part of the process too. So I want her to see that. I want It's important for me especially that my daughter sees that we don't have to always stay so strict and that we actually want to fall off the wagon, if you will, at times, just not all the way off. Yeah, you just got to be
0: in a place where you can still get back on. But I think it's okay to have goals that you take a little
1: vacation from or maybe a vacation from having a specific goal for a little while. Yeah, you know, even as I said that fall off the wagon, I don't even like that term because It's not falling off the wagon if it's something that I know is going to be good for me to do and it's not going to be long-term. That's not really falling off the wagon to me. That's just having some additional recovery, some additional rest, and maybe some laxity where I normally don't have it, whether it be in my nutrition or my training or whatever. Oh, my sleeping. Okay, that's another thing I meant to bring up to you is Uh, I've been sleeping in lately and just kind of did not follow that rule of get up same time every morning. Right. You know, again, this is not because I don't believe in what I'm saying. I do believe that it's better for me to stick with that ritual. But because I'm not training as much, I'm taking those hours to work more. And because I'm working more, I don't necessarily have to always get up as early to get that work done then because. I know that I'll have a couple hours in the afternoon where I was training more. So this is giving me the opportunity to sleep a little bit more. You can't catch up on your sleep, I realize that, but I'm getting a lot more rest and now I'm starting to naturally go to bed or fall asleep around 10 o'clock and get up anywhere between 5 and 6. But once in a while, I've slept in until closer to 7, and that's okay. I, in other unbelievable. Words, I'm unbelievable. And I'm, not, I'm just not using my alarm clock right now. And I will get back into that shortly, but this is where I'm giving myself again that extra time.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're just being not robotic about your goals. And that's where sometimes setting goals and these New Year's resolutions, I think especially, they leave no wiggle room. And so it's either all or nothing. And as soon as you go back to the drive through for the first time this year, New Year's resolution's blown. Guess I might as well
1: give up. Yeah. Just, we talk about mental flexibility here, and this is where I don't think things have to be so black and white. And I do think it's really important that my athletes, listeners, whoever has the concept that I am just all one way all the time. I want to make sure that people understand that I'm certainly very disciplined when I need to be. And then there's other times when I'm just purposely giving myself a break from that. And I feel like I perform better throughout my life, throughout my training, throughout my business, throughout even anything that you talk about is more for fun or recreational. I can enjoy that process more Because I have some structure normally and typically, but there are times when I don't have as much and that in itself is important, I think, to realize that we all need breaks even from our rituals.
0: Yeah, because otherwise you're just going to end up going in the other extreme and that's not a healthy thing either. I know you're trying to fix something that you see as negative, but if you're going 100% in the opposite direction, that's not necessarily good for you.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily believe in 100%, Jake. That's a misconception. I think that when we talk about the grind or when we talk about constantly giving your best, I know some people will get turned off by the fact that I don't preach 100%, but hear me out here. I think going for 90% is... Reasonable, it's attainable, you can do it, you can maintain it, but you're always leaving a rep or two in the tank, so to speak. So, if it's like I just explained, if you're in the gym, for example, and you're always pushing out to failure, well, you're probably going to get hurt, injured, burnt out, those kind of things can happen. But also, believe it or not, you probably aren't going to get as strong. And my athletes that get really, really strong, they're usually the ones who are mature enough to actually hold back a little bit all the time. So, which is really odd for a lot of
0: people to hear. Myself included, even my little meathead brain goes and resists against that because
1: I'm thinking, "No, oh, you always got to do more, 100% grind, grind, grind." Right. And why does that work if you're shaking your head to that because you want to believe that just giving your absolute best 100% that makes sense, right? And that is what you should be doing. But When you're trying to get stronger, you're going to be more consistent by putting in 90% and leaving a rep or two or three in the tank to where you can come back and do it again and you avoid injury, you avoid getting sick, you avoid getting burnt out, these things. And it's really the same thing when we're talking about our rituals here. If we're constantly always loading our plate up to maximum capacity and our schedule is always just completely loaded up. And I've been guilty of this at times. I go too close to 100% and I'm even at my absolute capacity at times and then I just don't get sleep and we've talked about that or we you know things start to fall apart. Absolutely, things will break down at 100%. Are there times when you are going to give 100%? Well, my athletes are going to give 100% when they're competing. Yeah, when it really counts. Right. And that's what it's for, right? And when we're going to give maybe 100% towards our careers at times, that can be a part of the process, but what has to happen when we do those things that other things start to fail, other things start to give way because we can only do that for so long before we start to pay the piper, so to speak, right? So that's where I think it should be timed out when you're giving that much, or in other words, overall, you're probably at 90% and even sometimes less than that, sometimes a little bit more than that, but the average being around 90%.
0: Yeah, you can't redline your car constantly and expect it to last very long. So whatever your goal may be for this new year, just be kind to yourself. Realize that you're doing great just by acknowledging that you have room for improvement to begin with. Don't get burnt out. Do it smart. Be specific. And don't forget to give yourself some credit for the good that you've already done. And as always, do get in touch with us by email, pendolaproject at
1: gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, guys, if you're not defined with a vision of the future, you're left with the memories of the past. Create a new you. Be the best you you can be. Have a great 2020.
0: Thanks for listening.